Um, and what's ironic is the first time I ever heard that story, and there it is right there in the Bible, I grew up in church and I never heard this story until one night I was watching Saturday Night Live and Martin Scorsese was on there and they had a bit with Scorsese and Chris Farley and they were talking about Jesus Christ Superstar. And uh, Chris Farley is like... uh yeah, I really like that scene in the movie, you know, where Jesus was flipping the tables and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, you know, how how did you come up with that? And Scorsese was like, it's in the Bible. And I was like, that's in the Bible? There's no way that's in the Bible. Jesus didn't flip over no tables. I mean, he was like, there's no way. There's no way he did that. So then I went and looked, and sure enough, there it was. Couldn't it believe was what there. I was thinking. It was, he didn't know it out. It was there, and I became more of a fan. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Speaking of fans, there's uh, Mr. Glenn. Glenn is with us. Glenn's always with us. I appreciate that guy. Hey, Glenn. So, so uh, welcome, everyone, to tonight's episode of Small Talk. Tonight, we have uh, Teresa West with us. Uh, Teresa, you were on episode uh, two or three, something like that. I think I entitled that one, Go West. And west. We are going to go west again tonight, <laughs> and uh, that's been a long time ago. It feels like a long time ago, so yeah. I think we're up to like 27 or something like that at this point. So, uh, Teresa, I'm glad to have you back on here, um, and I, I wanted to talk about leadership tonight, and because there is uh, the Global Leadership Summit is coming up soon, yeah. and this is indeed a Global Leadership Summit, and it's going to be held here live. Uh, locally rather uh, live as well locally mm -hmm. um but you know for like someone like glenn who's watching from central ohio right now if uh if glenn wanted to go to the global leadership summit he'd be able to find a site or even just watch it online so uh even though you're a part of the team that's hosting it here locally this does apply to everyone um and yes. so i, I want to talk about that event a little bit and then I'd, I'd just like to talk about leadership uh, just in general. So at any rate, uh, tell us about the Global Leadership Summit. I know it's coming up August 6th and 7th. That's a Thursday, Friday. Things look a little bit different this year because of COVID-19. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit as well. And then for our folks that are here local, maybe you can talk about your church uh, uh, hosting it. Even if you gain one thing, I mean, you have the opportunity for two days to listen to you know close to 20 different speakers and if you can glean one nugget for under 150 dollars without travel without any of that um and being able to tune in and listen again it's worth it i mean you and i've been to conferences they're hundreds of dollars sometimes thousands depending on who the speakers are um who, who's the guy that um is it tony i can't think tony of robbins name. Yeah, Tony Robbins. I mean, how many thousands of dollars it is to attend his thing, you know, but you're going to be inspired. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is like one hundred and forty nine dollars. Yes. And if you um, contact me, um, I might be able to give you a code. I can't oh. give it to you online. <laughs> Teresa's got the hookup. Yeah. Teresa's got the hookup. All right. So, yeah, you can always uh, find Teresa Foster West. 
and uh, on Facebook, and maybe she can help you out with that. One of the one of the takeaways that I had last year that I really like, Craig Groeschel said this. He said Gitmo. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Gitmo, and he said that stands for good enough to move on. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times that I've said that to myself when I'm working on a project, whether it's something for work or it's just even something around the house and whatnot, being that I am so incredibly perfectionistic about everything, I can get wrapped up in something, whether it's typing an email, a letter, painting something around this house of mine that I'm fixing up. I don't need to spend five hours on something when, you know, at hour number two, it's good enough to, to move on. And, and that has been incredibly helpful uh, to me. And, uh, and again, uh, the guy, gosh, I got to find his name. The, the gentleman that had the white jeans on last year, who, who basically, I don't know. I feel like he, he kind of in some way convinced me it's, it's just, it's okay. Look, it's okay. If I want to wear my white jeans, I can wear my white jeans. If I want to do this, that, or the other thing, then, then I can go ahead and do it. If I want to start a, a, a vodcast, a live broadcast on Facebook that I'm going to put on a podcast, uh, after it's done, then, and, and bear the scrutiny that comes from people for that. And, and, uh, the, the ignorant things that have been said about me so far, the little bit that I, I know, then you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do that anyway. Here we go. Um, Because uh, at the end of the day, if it's something I want to do and it's not hurting anyone and I can be helpful doing it, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. But that's what leadership is about. It's about helping you find your best you. Because sometimes when we look in the mirror, we don't see the best that everybody else sees about us. And we need somebody to draw that. I don't care who you are. You need a mentor. You need to constantly be getting refed with leadership because you get depleted or you get jaded, whatever it is. So if a leader inspired you, it was okay to wear jeans. It was worth your time participating in GLS. You know, yeah. for me last year, what I took the most of, which is going to sound totally crazy, is understanding the generations. Um, you know, like, you know, like my generation, because I'm all about where's the manual, you know, give me the piece of paper and understanding that the next generation does not know what business casual is, that they do think is flip flops, you know, and understanding how they process information. That was worth the whole attendance for me was the guy who explained all the generations and how to bring us all into the workplace together. And for me, working with volunteers at church, you know, I have all those different ages. So it's helped me um, understand their needs and how to validate them. Uh, Glenn asks uh, what I'm going to be charging when I make it big. I can tell you I won't be charging Glenn anything. That's for sure. Uh, Glenn, can be, Glenn can be there right right there with me. And I don't even know what making it uh, big is. In fact, I remember... I don't know, probably about two years ago, speaking locally at an event. And then, um, I don't know, it was probably a few weeks afterwards, I was at church and uh, a gentleman that was there, a local doctor, he came up to me at church and he said, man, you were really good. But, you know, much to his surprise, right? He's, he's like, you were really good, man. Uh, I didn't want to tell him like I do this for a living. But uh, he said, I'm surprised you're not on the circuit. I'm like, 
I, I mean, I had, didn't have the heart to tell him, but I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, that sounds like something people would say, like, back in the 60s and 50s, you know, like on Mad Men or something. Man, you need to get on the circuit. I don't even know what the circuit is. I know what the Internet is, but I don't know what the circuit is. Um, I, I can't even I can't even imagine. Um, so I don't know. I don't even know making it uh, big is uh, Glenn. Really, for me, I want to find the best way for me to be helpful for me to use the the gifts that that i have whatever they are and, and i i have a a decent idea of what i what i think they are anyway and uh try to use those to be as helpful as possible um I, i'm 43 years old this thing's half over right it it may it may be less than half over Today's the 14th, you know, the 18th is the anniversary of, of us losing someone here mm -hmm. in our community who died at the age of 47, who was, um, you know, just a great leader, uh, mm -hmm. just a great person. Uh, and then recently I had another friend who died at 47. Shoot, I'm, I'm going to be feeling good to make it to 48. Uh, you, you were happy to make it to uh, your current age because now you've outlived your mother, right? Who died so, at 47. Yeah. 47 so, a very strange number, but yeah. let's go back and talk about your gifts for a minute. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think is the biggest gift that you have? Because I think at 43, you should know that. Teresa, I have so many gifts. I just don't think I could just narrow it down. Just like, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't, you know, there's no ego in that room and you're in there all right, by yourself. Right, right, right. It's dark. It's dark <laughs> in here. Um, I, you know, I, I would say, uh, probably, I don't know if I can say this as this is a gift, but maybe one of my attributes that I think can be helpful is that, uh, I believe this and I try to act it out. And that is that, uh, I believe that leaders go first. Mm -hmm. Leaders go first. And so anytime that there's an opportunity to do something, embark upon something new, um, I am always the one that's like, okay, I'll go. I'll do it. And I really enjoy that. I enjoy being responsible for whatever the outcome is. Um, I think that for me is probably the biggest thing. It's, so more, of an it's more of an attribute than anything, I think. Yeah. Well, and you're willing, you're willing to get bruised and bloody by going first and lead the way so that you can problem solve before your people go through or your family go through. And that is leadership. Right. And, and I don't mind hitting back either. No. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I enjoy it. I enjoy the fight. I enjoy the fight. I, I, I actually enjoy if someone's going to say something stupid, uh, with digital courage or something. I enjoy being in that person's face later and, and saying, what's up, you mm -hmm. know, and all that's not, I got to temper all of that, but I do, but I, I don't know. It's just, that's not no. always helpful. It's not always helpful, but I, but, but this gets to, this gets to wow, my favorite you. attribute of Jesus. Okay. Okay. So let me just, I, I put this out on Facebook a couple weeks ago. And I don't know, I got a response from somebody that we know who said Jesus flipped the temples. 
or the tables rather in the temple. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but I didn't say anything, but I was like, yeah, he did that. But you missed my favorite part. Like flipping the tables was just like icing on the cake. Uh, what I really liked was when he, um, I'm, I'm just going to read it. Let me pull this up on my phone. I, so I just, I love now it. we're actually getting a scripture. We're supposed to, we're talking about leadership and yeah. now we're going to a little bit of scripture. I love this man. Okay. So, all right. In the, in the temple, <laughs> in the temple, he found those. Oh, I just lost my space, uh, my place here. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there and making a whip of cords. He drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. Now, I'm going to say it right now. This is my favorite scripture. You know, you hear uh, real church people say, oh, this is my life verse. You ever heard that before? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is this? This is Matthew. I Okay, I, I don't. All right, Matthew. No, this is John. John two fifteen. Let me just proclaim it to the world now. I'll have to just try to remember this. John two fifteen, George's life verse, and making a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and oxen, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. Now, my favorite part of this is the very beginning, and making a whip of cords. I love that. I love it. Because this dude is like, I picture him sitting over in maybe a dark corner of the temple, dark like my living room is right now. And he's sitting in the temp- uh, corner over there. And he's got some cords in you know, his hands. I don't know exactly what those look like, but I can just picture them in my mind. And he's looking at all this commerce that's happening. And as he's watching it, he's getting more and more frustrated. He's experiencing all those emotions that we'd rather not attribute to this guy. Anger. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's angry. He's angry. And by the way, whatever makes you angry might be one of the best indicators of what you're actually on earth for. I'll just say that. So um, he's angry. He's experienced all, and he's making a whip because he and he knows. He knows what he's going to do with this tool when he's done making it. I mean, like how much thought even went into hit him making it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what what did he consider like the length of it? Did he did he consider like how many people were in there? And he's not going to be not only going to be whipping people, but he's going to be whipping sheep and oxen and like how tough does this thing need to be? Because he doesn't need he doesn't need a breaking in the middle of the job, right? Like. He's making this thing. I love that. This guy who called folks a brood of vipers, and he was—he just straight up told people like it was. It's not Michelangelo's cousin there, like you see on these uh, paintings of of this guy who looked like he just left Woodstock. You know, he was a leader with a couple fingers in the air, saying, oh, "Peace, you know, everybody, just let." let's just all get along now. Let's get along. No, he called people names and took a whip that he made and started whooping folk. Like, I love that. I, there's a Jesus I can get behind while the church is being chickified in America. That's, that is, there we go. Now I'm in. I'm okay. in. I love it. But that is. Help me out here, Teresa, before I get myself in trouble. Okay, so I, I love that you, you love that verse, but what it is a symbol of is leadership. He stood for what was wrong. Um, I mean, 
yes, he considered it his father's house and all of that, but he did what no one else would. And, and that's, that's what we have to do as leaders is stand up in the gap, especially in the world right now. I mean, we were having a conversation, which we're not going to go there live, but of being the person who says this isn't right. This isn't right. I mean, like when, when I grew up, I always heard two wrongs don't make a right. You can't justify things that are wrong. Selling stuff in church when he made the whip and turned the tables over, it was wrong because ultimately, you know, they were taking away what it was there for, you know, and cheapening right. it and cheapening it. And that's, and it made, it made him angry. And, and here's a guy who not only did that, but he told somebody to walk on the water. He fed people. I mean, he's a leader you can get behind, you know, and he's not meek. He's strong, but he's kind and loving. I mean, the way if you want to go more verses, you take, you know, the whip and turning the tables that excites you. And, you know, he thought about being angry. But what about the way that he loved the kids? That's the thing about leadership is that it, it's more than one attribute. It's understanding how to use all of them in the right moment, you know, and being sensitive to where you are in that moment. Is that what you wanted or did I, did I take off your whole? <laughs> no, 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 no. And listen, I'm no biblical scholar here. So I don't want to get myself in trouble, mm -hmm. but I, I believe Teresa, maybe you could help me with this or maybe someone who really, understands these things better scripture than, than what I do could, could chat it here in the comment section. But I, I think this image is painted of Jesus returning to earth. And when he comes back, Oh yeah. Uh, I think he's coming back as a warrior. Oh, he is. If, I yeah. Mean, he's if, coming back with a sword. I mean, like he, he's coming in as a warrior right. to, to take it back. Right. I mean, that's at least, I don't know. Listen, I, I spend a more majority of my time <laughs> thinking about Jesus whipping folk, but also more my time thinking about how we all need grace. Okay. Oh, yeah. Everyone does. I, I really think that uh, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. If, uh, if people were willing to give each other some grace, the, the grace that uh, I believe as a Christian, all of us have been given. Okay. Especially if you're a follower of Christ. So, stop you there for a minute because you're talking about two things which you need them both when you're talking about the whip and the cord you're talking about accountability which is important and sometimes we give grace and or a pass and we don't have the accountability where we need both of them together you can hold somebody accountable and still give them grace and compassion and love and forgiveness but they still have to be accountable for what they're doing 100% should should uh, should someone sin so that grace could abound? Surely not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think we definitely we we get that. So, uh, yeah. So I, you know, people need to understand grace. They need to be willing to give it to other people. I can say that I am more apt to give it. Uh, let's say at the age of forty three, more so than I was even at forty, because I've experienced grace mm -hmm. in the last few years. I, well, I've experienced both, right? I've experienced unmerited favor from people around me. I've also experienced pile on and beat the hell out of them 
from people around me as well. I mean, I've, I've experienced both and I know what ends up winning at the end of the day. You know, there's, there's, there's no question what ends at the wins and that, and that's, that's, that's the grace of God. But here's what I like about this picture of, let's say the ultimate leader in our, in our, in mm-hmm. our worldview, Jesus Christ coming back as a warrior. And this really kind of gets to even a thought I have about GLS global leadership summit this year. I feel like the, the speakers at that summit better bring it really practical stuff. Like I, for the times mm-hmm. for the times, because if you look at the world right now, and I know every generation p- could probably say this at some point, I mean, we had world war two, we had Hitler, we had all the, Every generation has its challenges. But it's getting to the point now out there where I just don't know that a soft touch is going to do it. I th- I'm at the point where I'm thinking there needs to be someone sitting in the corner with a whoop a whip and, and whooping some folk and turning some stuff upside down. Uh there needs to be if if he's coming back, if that's true, if if what I'm reading in that Bible is true. It is true. Let me let me clarify. Okay. It. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I've I, I get it and I and I'm a Christian, but I also have that part of me that says, uh, just just like one of my heroes, Jordan Peterson, what separates us from the eternal is death and ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um not every church on every corner can have it a hundred percent right. So I, I don't want to say that I do. Uh there's certainly big picture things I think we can all agree on regardless. But um but if it's true. I think if he comes back to a world that's broken like this at the level that it is, and I think it's going to get worse. I think that's actually biblical too. Like things are going to get much worse than what we see out there right now. Then he's going to have to come back with a sword. Mm-hmm. Going to have to, because there's no amount of sitting around talking about, Hey guys, how you feeling? How, tell me what's going on. Um, you know, what's brought you to this point? What would you rather? I went to counseling one time and I, I kind of got tired of hearing what do you, th- how do you feel and how would you rather feel? It's like, it well, doesn't I matter how I would rather feel. This is facts, man. This is what's going on right now in my world. Well, and I think that's what leadership is, is you can't get clouded on feelings. Feelings, I, I mean, this is, this is my own personal view. I think feelings are, um, there's Justin yeah. chiming in, by the way. Justin, go hey. mess around. I'm going to email yeah. him a uh, Justin. You better get your clothes on because I'll email you a, a link. You can join this conversation. You just give yeah, me the you word. This, you should get on this conversation about when Jesus comes back. Yeah. And ride him. You yeah. know, George knows that he is coming back as a warrior. Um, I think we have to get back to being factual and less about my feelings, your feelings, because even in the workplace, when you talk about leadership, you know, one thing that GLS is going to do is talking about breaking free of the lies in the workplace. Um, you know, one lie is I work harder than, than you work. I can't see what you're actually producing because you work smarter and I work harder. You, you know, things like that have to come into play. And that's factual. We can't be caught up in everyone's emotions. You know what that is? Everybody's sitting there comparing who's working, doing what. That's people uh, trying to boost their self-esteem, making themselves yeah. feel good about themselves. Because, you know, everyone knows, everyone watching right now, let's be honest. And and I see my buddy Nick on here. I met Nick in, 
in a state up north. I don't even like to utter the name of the state. Um, and, uh, and, and he was in one of my training classes. I said in his class, say it in every class, the number one way people make themselves feel good about themselves is compare themselves to other people. They, they, mm-hmm. they just tear people down. Right. And so if someone came to you at your job and said, Hey, you know what, Nick, I'm really not satisfied with uh, your level of work around here. He'd be like thinking in his head, me, <laughs> me, you need to go talk to Helen. Cause that lady, she's not doing her job at all. You know, like that's who you need to be talking to right now. Mm-hmm. And he's laughing right now. Cause Helen's his wife's name, by the way. So, um, that's, that's what that, that's childishness. Mm-hmm. And we got so much childishness right now that, uh, I don't know. I think that whip is going to have to come out eventually. Well, I I think it's going to because you're desensitized by the amount of stuff that you're seeing in the media. I mean, all you're seeing is just, you know, constant drama in the media. So it makes it harder in the workplace to be sensitive to your employees. Hey, Mike. Yeah, Yeah, look, um, I think that... uh, I said this to you, I think, last year before the GLS even started. Global Leadership Summit, by the way, uh, folks, if uh, if you've joined us late. And it's coming August 6th and 7th, and it's going to be hosted at Teresa's Church, Crystal River Church of God, or you can check it out online. So uh, if you just go to Google and type in Global Leadership Summit, you can figure it out. But, uh, Teresa, I said to you before the summit last year, I know we're talking about leadership, but we need to make sec- – uh, uh, following sexy again is what i said to you we need to make following sexy again like you know i run a mentoring program i'll be honest i am not all that interested in out there doing what everyone gets all excited about like we're creating leaders here we're building leaders no i need kids to follow i need you to be quiet and listen to what i'm telling you right now i need you to get up and make your bed in the morning you want to live you want to lead you can't even make your bed in the morning Yep. Like let's let's start there. Clean your room. That I I agree again with Jordan Peterson. That's the first step of getting your life together. Clean your room. Listen, if you're going to GLS and you can't even clean your room, honey, you got problems. Clean mm-hmm. your room and then go to the GLS on mm-hmm. August 6th and 7th. But clean your darn room before you go there because you're living in dysfunction and chaos and everything else. You're surrounded by it. Like first things first and first thing is to figure out how to follow. And I think everybody ought to be following someone. Mm-hmm. If not, you're just going to wither and die. And I'm not talking about, well, I follow Jesus. Well, that's good. I would be following another human being that follows Jesus. How about that? And, um, and there's Chris, Chris got a, uh, Chris has already got the link to this show. If he, he, he can jump in here too. So, um, yeah, but, but George, you're saying that, you know, people need to follow, but that's not, we, we make everybody, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not picking on the younger generation, but they graduate from college and they expect to be the leaders instead of, we've lost the ability to start on the front line and work our way up. And that's why they can't follow. And there's no respect for the work. It takes time to, to hone a craft, no matter what position you're doing, whether you're a pastor or whether you're a banker, you don't get that overnight. So you have to work all the levels to really be able to lead and have people follow you, not bark orders, lead them in the hard times. Right. Right. Well, this is something I gripe about in my line of work where there's 
professional counselors, uh, master's degree, therapists, social workers, that sort of thing. And Teresa, they're like 22 years old. And I'm sorry, like, I don't, I don't want to diminish that. Right. I mean, I started working with broken children, uh, let's say uh, really struggling, challenging children in juvenile prison when I was 21 years old, I'm 43. Now my role is now different. I had a role to play then, trust me, but it's not the role that I play now as someone who's had some success, been beat up, have children, been married for almost 20 years, all the rest of it. So it's just very different. So I don't want to beat up on these folks too much, but I will just tell you that for me, if I'm struggling, Teresa, I ain't talking to somebody with 20, this 22 years old. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. I'm just not doing that. I am not doing that. I'm going to... I used to spend a lot of time sitting on the front patio of Mr. Troy's house across the street from me who died in his mid eighties. And we lived across the street from him for 14 years. I was over there all the time. Love that man. He was one of my best friends. And, uh, here's a guy who I think he went to like sixth grade. He said, George, I just didn't go back to seventh grade. No one asked. So I didn't go. He just went to work. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) Went to Korea. Um, came home, got married, uh, actually got married first, went to Korea, came home, started a small business, raised a family. I'm going to talk to that guy. And you know mm-hmm. what? Sometimes he didn't have the answers either. He would just say things like, George, some people don't think like we do. <laughs> I'm like, yep, you're right. That's a, that's it. But that's who I want to go to. That's what people have done for generations, for millennia. Find the old guy, find the old lady in the, in the, uh, in the village, go talk to that person. Well, Justin said, you know, find someone who's been through the battle. I mean, a 22-year-old, and that's not discrediting them, but no no life experience. I mean, someone who's been married a year and someone who's been married 40 years is given a totally different perspective on being married. You know, someone who's been at the job 20 years and started with taking the trash out or mopping the floors is totally different than someone who's been there six months complaining. Right. Right. And I, th- I think the reason why I get to travel around the country when COVID's not keeping me home, travel around this country and do training and consulting work in the criminal justice fields, because when I was 21 years old, I started at the lowest level you could possibly start at. And that was on the night shift in a juvenile prison, watching, you know, telling kids to go to bed, trying to get them up in the morning, washing their nasty bath towels at night and mopping floors and all the rest of it. That's, that's where this whole thing started. So that gives you some, a little bit of legitimacy. It doesn't mean I have the answers on everything. Uh, I don't need to have the answers on everything, but uh, no, you know that, where that's what it takes. Do you know where to find the answers? Yeah, absolutely. You know to find answers. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm in doubt, I call Teresa West. That's, that's, that's what I do. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. <laughs> Yeah. What, so what do you think? I, you know, I really did not in, intend or expect to uh, be, be talking about this, this biblically tonight, but, but listen, it makes sense. A global leadership summit is, uh, uh, it is Christian based. Let, mm-hmm. Let's, let's say it, it does originate from a church. So this works, but you know, I said earlier the the world is on fire right now. We have we have cancel culture. We have I just saw where someone got fired from a high level position. I don't remember what company it was for something that they might have said like thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Well, um, bull- we're bullying people for having yeah. a voice. That's yeah. crazy. 
we've got uh, we've got racial tension like I've never seen it in my lifetime. You know, my father would say, "Hey, I've seen this before, maybe, but I, I haven't seen it like this," and it's incredibly disheartening. Um, the Bible does say that nation will rise against nation, and I did hear someone make the claim. I, I don't know how true it is or not, but make the claim that 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 actually meant race, you know, different races and of of people and whatnot. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, murder rates right now are absolutely skyrocketing. Here, being a criminal justice professional, you know, I'm looking at crime declining, and I'm thinking, well, maybe it's declining because, uh, you know, testosterone levels are actually going down in in men. Uh, young people, instead of getting out and committing crime, like you know, like they have in the past, are sitting around on the internet. I'm thinking, there's all these logical explanations as to why crime's going down. I'm starting to think maybe it was because crime was down because policing was actually working. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I know when cops start saying, shoot, I'm not going, I'm not going to work today. I'm not, Hey, I'm retiring or whatever, or I'm not getting in that fray over there. Then, uh, all this stuff starts skyrocketing. Like the world's just crazy right now. But Okay. So when we're talking about all this chaos, okay, everything, if we, if we just, named all the things that are happening that we never believed in. This is a reason and to go to global leadership, you know, and to attend it and to watch it because you have influence and we are, and I, and I take responsibility, just me. We're not influencing our circles enough to create an environment of respect and love and accountability and grace if we were doing our jobs, if, if every person just took responsibility as leaders, I mean, or believers, however you want to do it, and we began to change our circle and influence it that way, we would be able to shift everything. And it sounds too easy to be true, but it is because, and if we will take responsibility like you and I, we cannot fuel the negativity, the hate, or any of that. I'm not for a lot of things that are happening. And I know if you've seen my social media, I'm not chiming in on anything. Um, but what I am being vocal about is, is Jesus. I want. I can't solve your problems, but I can tell you that there is a savior who can you can go to, who can give you and multiply all your efforts. But if you don't want that, I want to be kind to you. So that hopefully I'm a part of the solution, not the problem. I want to be kind to you, but you put your hands on me or my family, I'm gonna whoop you. I'm gonna I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna yeah. get that. I'm gonna get that those cords out like Jesus did. I'm gonna flip some tables. I'm gonna start whooping some folk. I I can just tell you that. If you uh, stop me in my car and break my window out, I'm gonna shoot you. You yep. know. And then that that that. That's, that's <laughs> Please be kind, Facebook. That that statement right there might be enough to get small talk uh, kicked oh. off. But uh, but that's that's legit. That that is that is reality. Listen, there's so many things I could gripe about. You know, I mean, that even makes me think about those people that are out there on their lawn after people have destroyed their gate and are coming mm-hmm. up to their house and they're in an open carry state and they're defending their property. I heard I heard Juan Williams today on the Fox news say, well, what they have the firearms out there for? No one came up on their lawn. Hey, dummy. The reason why no one came up on their lawns because they have firearms out. What was this chicken and egg crap? You can't figure this out. 
You think if they're just standing out there saying, okay, guys, come on. I know you tore the gate down. I should have came out and unlocked it and you've ripped it to pieces. That's okay. We'll pay for that later. Um, but could you just get off the lawn? Like our, our lawn guy just came over yesterday and you know, it's looking good. Just move along. No, man, that's not how this world's going to work. Mm -hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I don't get it, but here, I hear what you're saying, but here's Mr. Practicality. Okay. American culture. We used to rally behind patriotism. It was like a rallying point. It's like something that drove us together or at least enough of us. Okay. Enough of us. Well, we're going to, we're going to do away with that. Right. We're going to do away with that. So, uh, we can't rally behind that because that would make you uh, a nationalist, uh, whatever they call this stuff, uh, a xenophobic, all, all the rest of it. So we can't rally behind that. Well, this is a Judeo-Christian country. It's built on the Judeo-Christian ethic. Well, we're going to denigrate Christianity in this country. And um, so we can't rally around that anymore either. Right, not no. We, you, you and I can, but you know, you don't. You get what I'm saying. Broader cultural sort of implications of this. Because if we, we take the things, if we take the things that unite us together and knit us together, and we start destroying those things and destroying those institutions, then what do we have to drive us together, to bind us together, to put us on the same team together? What drives that togetherness? And we better figure it out. We better figure it out because right now, what I'm afraid of is that it's we're at the point now where we've devolved so far that it basically takes war. It takes 9-11 type scenarios to, to get everyone together, rallied together, uh, or it would take maybe a foreign invade, invasion on our shores where we have to, like, like Nick, who was on here uh, earlier, I don't know if he's still out there, but Nick Bailey... I've seen him post things like when he was in the Marine Corps, they didn't see all the things that divide us. They're on the same team together, right? Uh, yes, like Chris just said, like a common enemy. Yeah, but, uh, our, uh, but and our, I don't want a common enemy. I'd much rather have a common sort of cause that doesn't involve bombs and bullets and everything. But man, I'm just having a hard time figuring out what that's going to be right now. Well, I do believe there still is patriotism. I, I mean, well, there is. there's a lot of people who, who love our country and love freedom. I mean, I love America. I, I encourage anybody who thinks that they're oppressed here to go to a third world country. It's the things that they're doing aren't allowed there. But we are united, but we're not uniting ourselves on social media. That That's the problem we're making a mistake on. How many believers do you know? How many people do you know that believe in God? The absolute majority. I'm a guy that always says this is still a Christian country. Yes. I mean, whatever. I mean, you can look at the calendar and your days off that you get from your job and figure out this is still a Christian country. Yes. I mean, but we're pretending like we're not united in that. I mean, I want to say I'll say something about the Catholic Church in Ocala that, you know, that guy drove in and, and put a fire. I, I was sad that more people weren't outraged by that. I mean, that it was, didn't get as much media. I mean, there wasn't a lot of talk about it. I mean, 
That is a big deal that people were worshiping and somebody drove that 10 years ago, that would have been crazy all over the news, but it's not, you know, and, and there are rallies happening that aren't getting put on the news, but we, our circles have to be focused on the same stuff. And we are, and we can't discount it. We are a majority of majority, but we are not recognizing that we are, we're giving up our power. Well, that's happened. That's been happening for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I do think that there's a lot of people that are very, look what Chris said, read what he said. I'll, I'll pull it up here, put it on the screen. Chris said, uh, silent majority afraid of being labeled. Yeah. Well, they're afraid of being bullied, Chris. Right. Afraid of losing their jobs because there's one or two people who can be so vocal that your friends don't come to your rescue. Listen, and this fear is not irrational, by the way. There's irrational fear, and then there's rational fear. And the the rational fear that people have is that I may not be able to work if cancel culture kicks in on me. Um, and that is where I say someone needs to sit in the corner, and they need to fashion a whip out of some cords, and they need to get to whipping some people who are out there uh, – trying to make sure that certain people can't speak freely, can't work, can't feed their families, can't protect themselves. We have a right to, those people that are out there on their front lawn have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let's just start the first one. They have the right to life. Mm -hmm. uh, my, uh, my suggestion would be, you want to defund the police, yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're intent on doing that, then go ahead and defund them. I don't want you paying for social workers with that though, by the way, you know what I want you doing with that? I want you to take that money and give it back to the taxpayers and maybe even a little bit extra on top of it. We could probably find some uh, little extra money in the treasury. Anyway, we'll probably print it anyway. We, we don't mind doing that and give everyone their portion of that money so that they can defend themselves. That's what you need to do because they're going to need to be some defense. So go ahead, defund them, but you better send me a check so I can go down to my favorite sporting goods store and, and make sure that the home defense is up to, up to snuff around here at uh, Chateau Smalltalk. Because <laughs> I need a whip, and I, I wouldn't mind using it and turning over some tables if I have to to protect what's holy, let's say my family but so you can defund the police but we need so i'm going to say something that's we ain't going to defund the police we ain't going to do it around here anyway i can tell you that I'm gonna, you know this might not be politically correct but we Watch need yourself. to <laughs> we need well i'm going to talk about a different perspective of the whip with jesus like we need to do more than sit in the pews and when we go to church we need to have relationships with those people we need to support their businesses we need to support their families. We need to have relationships with them. We need to support our churches, our pastors. We don't need to be going into church, creating dissension and complaining about things. We need to ask ourselves, where can I serve? How can I take what is in this Bible and make this world better and make my community better and stand against? And if we would become united also in our beliefs, 
whether you're a Methodist or you're a Baptist or you're Church of God, we're all born to the same heaven. We're serving the same Jesus. You know, we're not we're not competitors. And if we begin to do that and really apply some of the teachings that are in the Bible, like you're, you know, being angry with your whip, but also um, encouraging each other, holding each other accountable, you know, not, you know, there's some 10 commandments we should be doing that, you know, are kind of like out the window that that would also change. We, we've lost our need for a higher power beyond just Sunday. I mean, if, we, if you want to be honest, I mean, we go sit 90 minutes in church, but does any of that relationship or God's power get multiplied in our life and people see that and they want to be us and they want it? Uh, I'll just speak for myself and say probably not. <laughs> probably not. So, I mean, that's... Probably not. In, mo in most cases, probably not. And we got to get better at that. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, Melissa said, come on. <laughs> with a couple exclamation points i don't know what i don't know what you were talking about there melissa but if I'd, I'd love to know what you were talking about so if you could expand on that the problem with the comment sometimes is uh the point's already been made and it's passed and then we see something we don't know what you're you're talking about um uh, teresa you know you talk about social media i look at it like i look at it like one of my favorite movies the matrix <clears throat> That's what I say we're living in, the Matrix. I, I do have a daughter named Trinity, by the way. And if you're wondering <laughs> at home, yes. Rebecca and I went to that movie. It was the late 90s, right? Like 99, maybe. Yeah. And Rebecca and I got married in 2002. So this would have been close to the beginning of our relationship. We went in there, watched the Matrix, and we talked about it then. We thought, man, it'd be cool to have a daughter named Trinity. So in the Matrix... Everyone was plugged in. They were living this life, but really their body was somewhere else in the real world. Mm. And they just, they didn't know it. And I think that we're getting to that point now where culture, society, those big broad terms mm -hmm. are much more synonymous maybe with the term social media. It's like yeah. where it's where we live now. Like there's going to be this point and maybe we're already there where we don't need to necessarily draw that distinction and say, oh, that's social media. No, that's that's where we live now. That's that's where the majority of our interaction has taken place, especially even under COVID-19 and in the future. Who knows what's going to happen? But I just think the worst of folks that comes out there, the absolute worst. Uh, of our of our culture, people with digital courage and keyboard warriors and, and and all the rest of it, but it is our culture now. It's not some sub section of our culture. It is the culture, and mm -hmm. we better figure out how to lead in that culture in in a direction that's helpful for everyone or the most amount of people possible. Uh, or we're really in for it. We're really in for it. And hey, listen, the, some of this, I don't know, like Jesus said, the poor will always be among you. Um, you know, war on poverty or not, the poor will always be among you. The, the There's a certain level of foolishness that will always be among us. It's just the way it is. The first two human beings, one killed the other. Cain and Abel, right? Mm -hmm. I say the first two human beings. Someone's saying, well, Adam and Eve. I'm talking about like born here. 
yeah, born, born human beings. One killed the other. Yeah, this, this is, uh, this is uh, obviously an age-old problem, and it's not going anywhere. And if I think it was Nick earlier said he believes we're in the seven years of tribulation right now. I'm sure a lot of people believe that. It, you don't. But, I, I don't believe that. I think. But, it's but any, any way you look at it, this thing's going to get this. This thing ain't going to get a whole lot better. It's going to get worse before. Uh, Jesus comes back with that sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I want, you know, I want to see a movie about like when the sun burns out, by the way. Right. If none of this is true. Right. Right. Like, could you imagine the AOC of that day millennia from now? Like when the sun is about ready to burn out. No. Nah. It's well, like any, any way you look at this whole thing, it's all headed toward catastrophe. Any way you look at it, Teresa. Well, it well, is for some, for, for some folk anyway. It is, but we don't have to be a part of it. Right. We well, don't have. We're to, not going to be a part of the sun burning out anyway. Yeah, but we can. We can do things that make our community better, our families better, and and I think that's what we're missing in all this social media is that we're giving up the control that we do have as leaders. We have some sort of control. It's not over yet. And we can decide to use it or sit and be quiet. I mean, and and that's where I think we are right now is will we stand up or we continue to be silent? Yeah, we better figure out what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And we better figure out that we have enough people that, that have our back. Because like I said earlier, one of my personal attributes is that I always just want to go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like to some degree, I kind of am a little bit, uh, you know, sh- maybe small talk is like a manifestation of that to some mm-hmm. degree. But listen, there's things before I hit the live button that I'm going to say that I ain't going to say when we're live. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said you said something and I was like, you you want to? Uh, no. Yeah. You're like, no, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I ain't going to talk about it. Because you still, you still want to be helpful, right? You, you don't want to be. You, you don't want to do something that's not helpful either to yourself or to, to other people. But, hey, maybe a good example of this is the the Goya Foods guy, right? He comes out. He says what he has to say. Listen, I don't care if you agree with what he says or not. What I'm saying is a guy has a right to express his opinion. That's mm-hmm. what I believe. I'm a, I'm a more speech, not less speech type of guy. Mm-hmm. So whatever you have to say, right, as long as it's not fire in a crowded theater, come on out and say it. I'm like, I'm so the opposite of all this cancel culture stuff. But this guy comes out and says what he's going to say. They try to cancel him. He's like, no, I'm not going to be canceled. And next thing you know, I think they probably have more Goya food sold over the weekend than they've ever had. It's, I think we all should probably take a, some lesson out of that is that if you're going to allow yourself to be canceled, then you'll probably be canceled. Canceled. You, you know, you have to stand up and yeah. not have, but, So I want to say something about him that I said earlier to you. I can't understand how somebody being respectful to the leader of the country that was elected, that we want to hurt his business. That is a problem I have as a citizen of this country that that's too far. We want to cancel out everything you've done and and all your employees because 
if we hurt you, we hurt tons of people employed by you. And we, I think we're missing that. Like you're not hurting really the CEO because you're mad at him because of what he said. You're hurting the guy who's making $12 an hour packing the boxes or putting the labels on the cans, whatever he's doing or stocking the shelves. And, and there's no regard for those people and the damage that they're doing to them by saying, cancel, cancel that. There has to be some thinking about what you're doing. Yeah. Well, it's all very selfish. So that's, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Teresa, if anyone tries to cancel you, then <laughs> you've got the uh, you've got the the password to get on Small Talk, and I want you to come on here, and I want you to hit back as hard as you can possibly hit. Um, I think that that's actually what needs to happen. If you're gonna if you're gonna hit me with some nonsense, then you could guarantee that on Tuesday and Thursday at eight, I'm coming back on, and I'm coming with a whip. And I'm going to clear the temple of the sheep, the ox, the sheep, the oxen and everything else and turn over some tables. And I, I, would, I would give someone the uh, I would encourage someone to come on and go ahead and take me to task. Let's let's have it out. Yeah, that's what well, we need. There's nothing wrong with having a healthy debate and it's OK to disagree and still like each other when it's over. Yeah. And that, that's really kind of the heart of what we wanted to do here on yeah. on this on this vodcast. This podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah. All right, Teresa. Well, I'm going to wrap things up. I, th I think that uh, if ever there were a time for real principled centered leadership, actually one of my favorite books, uh, leadership books of all time. If there's ever a time for principled centered leadership, it's now. What scares me is that uh, what are the principles that we can unite behind, you know? And when you say that, it's just hard to imagine, especially when we were younger, it was hard to imagine someone getting in trouble for voicing some support for the president of the United States. This is something that people would just aspire to be and mm -hmm. have some reverence for, even if, um, even if you didn't necessarily like the person you respected the office and, and mm -hmm. this, this sort of thing. But I think in the absence of faith and in the absence of religion, something's going to fill that void. And we see this type of canceling and vitriol and whatnot with that, that comes across from some folks with religious fervor, mm -hmm. religious passion, because something has to fill that void. And what it's, what's filling it right now um, is not helpful. It's apparently very newsworthy. Mm -hmm. It's very newsworthy. Uh, but it's not helpful. So, all right. Uh, Global Leadership Summit, August 6th and 7th, locally at Crystal River Church of God. Uh, Teresa, I would love it if, when this is over, if you would go into the comment section and maybe put a link in there. Okay. For, for the GLS, that'd be great, where people could uh, could check it out. Ticket price is uh, $149 for two days of leadership training. Uh, great speakers. You can find a place in your local community. If you're not uh, where Teresa and I live, uh, where you could be a part of this uh, as an in-person mm -hmm. event, or you can do it online as well. Um, I did it last year. I hope I can do it this year as well. The way my calendar keeps clearing out. Uh, maybe I 
maybe I can be there. I'll show up in my white jeans and, uh, <laughs> and, and hang and hang out with you all. And, uh, and if I can be helpful, Teresa, in, in promoting this and talking about it more than hopefully you and Justin um, and your team will let me know. So I uh, yeah. appreciate you being on tonight, Teresa. Uh, any final words that won't spark another 15 minutes of discussion? I say you're responsible for your influence. What's the legacy you want to leave? Do you want to leave a legacy that's going to change the world for the good or the bad? You decide. Mine is I want to be helpful and speak softly and carry a big whip. <laughs> All right, everyone. We will uh, we'll be back on Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Uh, I love that you all watched tonight and uh, tons of uh, comments tonight. So I, I really appreciate that. It's been a couple of weeks where I feel like it's been really hard to really hit our stride around here. So, uh Teresa, I feel uh, uplifted uh, tonight with you being on here and kind of helping me hit my stride uh, once again with this this endeavor. I'm, I'm really working to try to get to 100 episodes. We'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I might actually even just take this platform and and parlay it into uh, some some live broadcasts, even on my nonprofits page and talk about the good work that we're doing there and certainly you know a lot about that so maybe you could uh come over to uh to that web page maybe or that facebook page and even have that discussion with me at, at some point so thank you all for watching uh be good uh check out the uh, links that Teresa is going to give us and uh we'll see you back here on thursday night and hopefully hopefully the technology will work tonight and uh, I can upload the audio to Apple and Google podcasts and you can check it out there. And uh, as always, we'd love it if you uh, find some value in this to share it as well. So we can build an audience and expand our reach and, and our influence because we feel like we're doing some great stuff. All right. See you Thursday. Thank you.